Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Today we're bringing you something just a little different. Today we're going to be talking about the National Park Service cold cases. The cold case page of the National Park Service website asked the public to help provide them with tips and information about cold cases which occurred within the borders of the National Park land. These include missing persons, accidents, or crimes that have yet to be solved and have no active leads. New information could come from new witness testimony, new or retained physical evidence, activities of a suspect, or other sources. In this episode, we will cover some of the ongoing cases posted on their website. If you have any information regarding these cases, you can report it by calling or texting the link in our show notes. Now, all of the cases that we're going to cover today are cases that are currently open and stalled with no new leads. So they are cases that cannot currently move forward without something new happening in them. And a lot of the cases that we're covering don't have a ton of information. And some of them I had never even heard of. First up, we have James Pruitt, who went missing in Rocky Mountain National Park. Rocky Mountain National Park is in northern Colorado and spans the Continental Divide. It is 265,461 acres, and it was established in 1915. He went missing on February 28, 2019. And some important information here, he was 70 years old. He was white. He was 5'6", with blue eyes and gray hair. He was reported to be wearing a dark blue jacket, blue jeans, and a red or orange beanie. He was also carrying a Nikon Coolpix, which was in a small camera bag, so it's a smaller camera. Mm -hmm. It already seemed that he wasn't particularly dressed for the weather. The temperature was as low as like 23 degrees Fahrenheit. And he was also thought to be wearing a jacket. Jeans. Why do people go out in the cold in jeans? We actually we have see seen that this so hiking much. on multiple yeah. occasions, actually. I would never personally hike in jeans. They're just not warm enough. Uh, and when they get wet, drying what them the is like yeah. impossible. Fuck a wet pair of jeans. What am yeah. I, an elementary schooler at recess? Like, we've, I'm not We've dealing covered with a lot jeans. of cases where people were wearing jeans. But. In my personal opinion, he does not intend... Sounds like he's going out there to take photos. To take some pictures, maybe, yeah. Like some bird watching. So James left the parking lot from Glacier Gorge, and there's no current information available on timing of this, but his last contact with his family was approximately like 10 a.m. So we're not quite sure what time he got there, when he left his car, any of that information, we don't know. And he also did not inform anybody that he was hiking at this location either. Right. So the National Park Service found James's vehicle. Again, no information listed about the type of vehicle either. We don't even know what car he had. So they found his car on March 3rd, 2019. And he went missing on the 28th of February? 23rd of February. 28th. 28th was the last time anybody talked to him. Okay. Yeah. So the 28th of February to March 3rd, so three days. Three days is a long time for his car to be sitting there Mm -hmm. before it's thought that something's wrong. But we know that people park in trailhead parking lots to go out for multiple days at a time. But it's really cold. 
Yeah, so they found it at the trailhead, and it had been determined that the car had been parked overnight, and there was no backcountry pass associated with the vehicle. Meaning the person who drove the vehicle did not intend legally on spending multiple nights out in the wilderness. Yeah, so when the park ranger contacted James's family, they also asserted that he had not planned on staying overnight, so this just confirmed the ranger's suspicions. So an extensive search of the area was carried out on the 3rd all the way to the 9th of March. And this encompassed approximately 15 square miles, including the Glacier Gorge drainage, the Lotch Vale drainage, and the Glacier Creek drainage. A lot of drainage. Yeah. Searchers concentrated efforts in heavy forested areas near Bear Lake and Glacier Gorge Trailhead and the Nymph Lake area. His car is in a location where he could have gone to multiple trailheads. Of course. Of course. They also focused on the Chaos Creek area, Albert Falls, and Lake Hanaya. Oh my god, and they even focused on more, including <laughs> Mario's Gully east of Lake Hanaya and the Winter Trails to Mill Lake and the Lodge. Yeah, so you guys, this is a really big... Search yeah. area and they own six days. Yeah, and they have no idea which way he went. So that's such a that's way that's way too much ground to cover. Way too much ground, especially with extreme weather. Yeah, which chest high snow was a factor in why the search was called oh my off. God, chest high snow. And this man, this poor man, has jeans on. Additional searches were also conducted on multiple occasions um, in the summer and the fall of 2019. But no additional clues have been found. Because we don't know what hike he went on. Like, they don't know where he is. They don't know how far he got. Right. Well, and a couple things that really bother me about this case. One, we don't even know what kind of car he was driving. So, like, this is how little this case was publicized in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And part of that could be the weather. Like, it was probably assumed pretty quickly that he was not okay. Either way... James Pruitt has never been found. No new information has ever come to surface. And without something new or without somebody finding him, we're just stuck. This is this is it. No closure for the family. No nothing. The next case we're going to cover is of Jong Hoon Wan, who went missing in Grand Canyon National Park on September 17 of 2017. Grand Canyon National Park is in Arizona, and it is home to the Grand Canyon and was established in 1919. Jong Hyun was 45 years old, Asian, approximately 5'7 and 121 pounds, with brown eyes and black hair. And he was from L.A. His car, a white Toyota Camry, was located at Maroon Point on the south rim of Grand Canyon National Park but it had previously been seen at the new Hans Trailhead. There is no indication that Jung Hyun had any plans to be in the area on that day, and there is little to no other information available about him online. There is also nothing I could find about the search efforts. Everything I turned up was about other people missing from the same area in roughly the same time frame. So yikes on that. So there are a bunch of missing people from this same area around this time with like no information about searches, about anything. But he is on the National Park website. 
And that's it. That's all we have. His car is found. He is not there. His car is seen at one other trailhead. He's just gone. So we have Armand B. Johnson, and he was murdered in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Hawaii Volcanoes National Park is on Hawaii Island, the big island. And it is 344,812 acres. And it was established in 1916. Armand Johnson was found murdered on April 13th, 2005. A man hiking in the park finds the motionless body of a man face down on the trail. His blood had pooled around his head. So obviously something is wrong. And initially he was really confused, I think, because how confusing that would that be to like come up on just a body laying on the trail? Probably thought it was a mannequin. Everyone always thinks they're mannequins. Yeah. So he was found with a single gunshot wound to the upper back slash neck area. Almost seems execution style-ish. Mm-hmm. This was close to Kahuku Ranch at the 71-mile marker near the southern boundary of the park. Investigators believe that the murder happened where the body was found. Looks to be that way. Yeah. Armand Johnson was a 44-year-old black man who was wearing a tank top, blue shorts, socks, and slipper sandals. Right. So I'm thinking maybe like sliders. Yeah, like slides. Yeah. Because um, I don't know what else the fuck. Sliders is like a hamburger. Yeah, he's walking on fucking mini burgers. <laughs> I don't know what else slipper sandals would be besides slides. He had moved to Hawaii from Seattle, Washington in 1984. He hosted a local weekend radio show and had quickly taken to island life. He had a degree in sports medicine and worked as a massage therapist at a local resort and volunteered at a high school as an athletic trainer. He was very involved in the community. He learned how to hula. He did have a few minor run-ins with the police, but nothing major. He was known to use drugs from time to time. What drugs? It did not specify. Was he known to use heroin here and there, or was he known to smoke a little bit of weed? Because I think those say two I very different things. I think it might things. have been more like weed or maybe something in between. It it was implied that it was like... Maybe like a, maybe like some coke, some party drugs? Right, like maybe something a little more illegal than weed, but like... Some not, psychedelics? Right, he's not like shooting up or anything. Okay. From what... I could Because saying that someone's known to use drugs well, from Well, you also to have time. to consider, like, the time frame, too. Like, at what time was was marijuana illegal at this time? Like, it's hard to tell Well, yeah. sometimes what these older cases are talking about. Yeah. He could have been smoking a joint on the weekend, for all we know. He did not seem to belong on this trail. Yeah, he didn't seem like he was out there hiking for the day. So... The theory became, was he maybe led there? Was he there meeting somebody? Like, what was his intention for being there? Um, I would walk up a cool hike to see the sunrise and smoke a joint, so I would do that in slides as well. So police said that they were looking for two vehicles, assuming one of these belonged to Armand. I would assume. And his, in quotes, old beat-up car has not been located. Right, so his car was not then or to this day has never been located nearby. Okay, that's strange. That well, the the person strange. that killed him stole his car. Or he rode there with somebody. Yeah, who killed him out there. Easy. Well, and obviously somebody got close enough to him to shoot him in the back. Yeah. Um. So investigators are at a complete loss for a motive or a suspect. 
And the FBI, along with National Park Service, has offered $10,000 reward for any information that leads to this case being resolved. So special agent in charge, Paul Delacorte, said, A decade has passed since the murder of Armand Johnson. We are hoping that the passage of time may have emboldened a witness to come forward and tell us the truth of how and why this tragic act of violence occurred. And that's it. That's it. That's the end of his case. We know nothing else. We have no new information. Isn't it astounding? Like, I was literally, like, double-checking all of these cases today to see if there was any updates, any more information. There's nothing out there. It's crazy. Next, we have Ruth Ann Ruppert, who went missing from Yosemite National Park. Yosemite National Park is in California's Sierra Nevada Mountains and was established in 1890. And this one is 22 years old. So in 2000, on the 14th of August, Ruth Ann Ruppert was last seen in the Curry Village area. She was 49 years old, 5'5", with brown eyes and brown hair. It is also noted that she has a prosthetic eye. She had been to the Yosemite Medical Center around noon on Monday the 14th, as she was scheduled to go on a backpacking trip in the park, but had been delayed by an eye infection in her working eye. It's believed that instead of staying out in the park overnight, she had opted to go on a day hike instead. According to witness statements, she had planned to set out from Yosemite Falls and hike out to Foresta, which is about a 15 and a half mile hike, which would be a very long day. 15 miles? No, thank you. She is thought to have set out on the afternoon of August 14, but she was never seen again. And after eight years and many searches, her backpack was found in a drainage area of Fireplace Creek, which is roughly halfway to her assumed destination of Foresta. Her backpack is found and they still haven't found her. How is that possible? That is the only information we have on this. We have nothing about searches. We have nothing about anything. That's all the information. So we have Kieran Burke, who also went missing in Yosemite National Park. Kieran Burke was a 45-year-old Dublin man who traveled alone from Ireland to San Francisco for a two-week holiday. He had booked a room near Yosemite National Park from April 4th to April 6th and was last seen at Curry Village on the 5th of April. Police were notified that his rental car was found unattended in the Curry Village parking lot where he had failed to check out of his accommodation. So Curran was described as being six foot tall, weighing 180 pounds, with thinning black hair and blue eyes, and wearing a brown leather jacket. He was last seen leaving his accommodation on April 5th for a day hike, according to Kieran's family. He was an experienced hiker and photographer, so maybe he had his camera with him. I like that you say photographer and not photographer. Photographer? (laughs) There is an extensive search, and his brother, Lorcan, flew out to America 
to help with this search, but there was no trace of his brother found. And with no idea of where he was even hiking to, finding him would be next to impossible. Like, we can barely, people, they can barely find people who they They know know where they are. I know. That's the hard part about, like, if I could stress one thing after reading all of these is, like, fucking tell somebody exactly where you're going. We say that all the time. Wait, but how did he leave? His car is there, but he could have gotten a ride, taken a shuttle, or walked to something nearby. But wait. Or he could have been taken from the parking lot and wasn't even hiking. Okay. And could not. I was just wondering if you knew why they think he's hiking and why they don't think he was abducted from this curry center. I'm not really sure. Maybe his gear is gone. And What's that's a curry why? center? For anyone else confused, because I just read that fucking paragraph and I was confused, the curry village is his accommodation. Right, where he's like staying. His lodging, like where he's staying. It's a resort near Yosemite. And because they have no idea where he went... There is a call out for anybody who was in Yosemite on April 5th of 2000 to go through your photos, your videos, anything that might have somebody in the background. And I think that can safely be said for all of these cases, but a lot of them are older as well, where there might not be as much of that. But, oh, and he left behind a wife and three children. Okay, the last one we're going to talk about is Paul Fugate. And I mentioned Paul Fugate on our Ranger Randy episode, if you remember. So Ranger Randy was the Park Service employee who went missing while out on patrol. And in that episode, I mentioned another park ranger who had also gone missing while on patrol. And that was Paul Fugate. And he went missing from Chiricahua National Park. Chiricahua National Monument is a unit of the National Park System located in the Chiricahua Mountains of southern Arizona, and it was established in 1924. This case I find a little more suspicious and unsettling than some of our other cases, but it occurred in 1980 on January 13. So we're going way back. Paul was 41 when he disappeared and was working at the National Monument Visitor Center in southeast Arizona. Paul was 41 when he disappeared. It was around 2 p.m. when Paul left the visitor center to hike a park trail as part of his patrol, and he was never seen again. He was headed out to a piece of property that had recently been acquired by the park, and he left instructions with a seasonal employee and said if he didn't return by 4.30 p.m. to start closing up the center without him. He was on a 10-day stretch at the time and was due to return home after his 10 days. So he would spend 10 days at the park and then he would go home, back and forth, kind of like that. And he did have a residence in that area that he stayed in. And then he was married and had a residence with his wife as well, just about an hour and a half away. Okay. He was described as having blue eyes, long brown hair pulled into a low ponytail, and a brown woolly beard. He was wearing his green and gray Park Service uniform, but didn't take his ID or the $300 that he had in cash on hand with him. His portable radio and set of keys had been left behind at the visitor center as well. Coworkers said that Paul leaving his radio behind was not unusual and that he often carried two sets of keys, one his personal and one the master work set, and his personal set was the one left behind. So he did have his work keys with him. Around 8 p.m. that night, a house guest who was staying with Paul 
notified his boss that he hadn't returned from work. Because remember, he had told the person he was working with to close down without him if he wasn't back. Ted Scott, the monument's superintendent, rounded up some colleagues who set out with flashlights for an initial search. And the next morning, after a fruitless search, the sheriff was called and a full-scale two-week search was conducted. But no further trace of him was found. And this was in an 18-square-mile area of the monument that they were searching or focusing on. By July 16, his wife was on her way to the park to help search for her husband. A park employee said that he had seen Paul a few days after he went missing. They said that they had seen Paul, and this was on the 13th, a few miles from the visitor center, and he was not wearing his glasses, but he still had on his uniform and was apparently slouched down in a pickup truck with two other men there, which his wife said that he couldn't find his own nose without his glasses and he would not likely be without them. So this would be strange. And when this employee had said, oh, look, there's Paul to his wife, his wife had said, I don't know, he doesn't have glasses on. He said, that's definitely Paul. He has his uniform on. And she said, everybody looks like Paul without his glasses on or something to that effect. So like whether or not this is an actual sighting of Paul, we don't know. Okay. But it seemed credible at the time. Gotcha. Without any proof that Paul was dead, he would be fired as a ranger for abandoning his post. So they literally fired him for abandoning his post. Way to kick him when he's dead. Isn't that crazy? One of the things that the National Park Services, National Park people were thinking was that maybe Paul had taken off because there was a secret that Paul had and that was that he had had an affair with a former employee of the park. Okay, I have a real-life question. Real-life question. Anyone out there as a park ranger, please <laughs> tell me, how much of incidents like this do you really have? Because this is the second one, and it I, sounds very similar. And when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that fucking makes sense. Because you go off on, like, group sets, and you, they, like, have a person with you. Like, there's more than one well, ranger you're going. Out, you're out there for long periods of time without your significant other. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. So... If you've ever been a park ranger, please tell me. Is this normal behavior? Does this happen often? Or is it like, because it's kind of like working in a restaurant. Because, you know, you work in a restaurant, everyone's sleeping together. It's just yeah, like the rules yeah. of the land. <laughs> so, like, is that the same thing with, like, park rangers? Or is this, like, Maybe. a random occurrence that happens? Like, I'm just. We're curious. I just, just want to know. know. Yeah. Now, she had actually been out hiking in the park the day that he went missing. Who? The girl? The mistress. The mistress. The one that... The, the employee mistress. The employee that he had the affair with. Former yeah. employee. Former employee. But she returned from her hike, and he did not. She actually stayed at the park the entire time that the search was going on. Also, it turns out that she was pregnant and believed that the baby was Paul's. This was never proven one way or the other. So... Investigators do begin to suspect foul play in the case eventually. <laughs> she killed him? I don't think the so. The wife killed him? Now we're back to that. That's exactly what you said about Randy. Is that actually what I said yeah, about Randy? Yeah, it is. 
One theory became that Paul had stumbled upon something like maybe drug dealers or something on this new property that they had acquired, which is only 50 miles from the Mexican border. And maybe he came upon something and with his badge on, they thought that he was a cop and maybe he ended up getting murdered. He also had no weapon, by the way. They don't carry weapons here. The initial $20,000 reward has been raised to $60,000 in hopes for new information that will lead to finding out what happened to Paul. It is interesting, though, that similar to Ranger Randy, Paul also refused to conform to grooming standards, and at one point he actually got fired for showing up with a handlebar mustache and long hair to his shift, but he would later be reinstated. Isn't it interesting, though, that they... The only two park rangers that we know of that have gone missing while on duty kind of were similar. The wife killed them both. Their own (laughs) wives killed killed them. And good on them. Don't cheat. There was a solved case that was recently updated on the Cold Case National Park page. And that was of a Jane Doe in Yosemite National Park. And this was at Summit Meadow. In 1983, partial skeleton remains were found in Yosemite National Park, Summit Meadow, along Glacier Point Road. And this was only a year after two severed hands were found in the same area. Okay. I will say also that while trying to figure out about the severed hands, I found an article about 54 severed hands that were found on an ice island by a Russian fisherman. But we'll talk about that later. Um, so people stealing got their hands cut off pirates. I don't know. So the unknown body of a young woman named the Mariposa County Jane Doe. Now, it was thought that she was murdered by Henry Lee Lucas, who was not tried for this murder, but he did confess to it. And he gave information to the investigators that only the killer would know. So he did it. Well, despite this, she remained a Jane Doe from her discovery in 1983 until April of 2001, when the National Park ISB started working with Marshall University and Parabon Nanolabs in the fall of 2020 to create a better composite photo of what the victim would have looked like using advanced DNA techniques. We've talked about this before. So using DNA to guess what they would look like, basically. Sometimes they're really good, sometimes they're not. They then followed up on any generated leads by using genetic genealogy to identify potential relatives. In the spring of 2021, the Nano's profile on the Mariposa Jane Doe was removed and she had been identified. Though her identity still hasn't been released to the public, but they have identified this Jane Doe. So... DNA still moving forward, still solving cases. So that's the end of our unsolved cases. There are a ton more on the website. Go and look at them. Maybe you could solve a cold case today. All right, so a tiny bit of information on Henry Lee Lucas. And this is the serial killer that allegedly confessed to the Jane Doe murder. If you don't know who he is, he was a real piece of shit. And he worked with Otis Toole, and they both confessed to like 3,000 murders or something ridiculous like that. Henry Lee Lucas was a self-proclaimed serial killer, and he was also known as the Confession Killer. Shocking. He was featured on a show called The Confession Killer on Netflix and was known to have confessed to over 3,000 murders. 
a lot of his claims would be found to be lies, and it seemed that he was searching for fame rather than redemption. His first confession was in 1983, long before DNA could prove whether he was telling the truth or not. Once DNA became relevant, though, he was disproven on at least 20 murders that he had confessed to. DNA was able to prove that he did not kill his old landlord, girlfriend, or his mom, all of which he confessed to. All of the confessions made by Henry brought about healing and closure for so many families who were now left to wonder what happened to their loved ones. Because once Henry confessed, there was no need to continue investigating these crimes. So in 1960, he killed his own mom and went to prison for 15 years, which we now know isn't true. During his interview with police, Henry briefly mentioned that he had a warrant for his arrest, and once arrested, he began spilling his guts to police about murders he had claimed to have committed. I'm sure these police thought that they found a gold mine, but that was not the case. He began with around 100 people that he had killed, and that number just kept on climbing. All were across the United States, and there seemed to be no rhyme or reason to the people he was confessing to killing. So a lot seemed very random. I'm not sure how much law enforcement took him seriously, but there were multiple crimes that he could not have committed, and he was actually in jail at the time of that particular murder. Henry Lee Lucas was charged and convicted of only 11 crimes, so obviously they were aware that he might be full of shit. In 1984, he was sentenced to death for a murder committed in 1979, who was later identified as Deborah Jackson. He tried recanting that confession, but it was upheld in 1998. But Henry Lee Lucas ended up dying of a heart attack in 2001, and with his death also died any hopes for closure in the cases that he allegedly committed. But basically, that is Henry Lee Lucas, so sounds like a fun guy. Okay, the sack of severed hands. A Russian fisherman found a sack with 54 severed hands in the far eastern stretches of icy Siberia near the Chinese border. The frozen hands belonged to at least 27 people based on fingerprint analysis. So authorities are claiming that the hands are from a forensic laboratory or a hospital and they believe that they were improperly disposed of. Uh Uh-huh. What? Sure. What? Oh, I believe that. There's just that. a bag of severed Dude, hands. Dude, it's the mob. It's oh, obviously the mob. I like your pirate theory, actually. Pirates? But what they never say is where they were from or even if they were able to identify them. So, I don't know. Okay, so it's pirates, which I I don't know. I view the pirates and the mob the same mentality. Like, pirates, mm, mob, mm. 54 severed hands, though. Can you imagine finding a bag and thinking it's, like, in on an ice-like thing, right? And being like, treasure. maybe it's a bag of money. Treasure. And then you find 54 severed hands? Oh, my God. <laughs> money? No. 54 severed Okay, remember hands. when I said I'm always looking for a bag of money when I'm out in the woods? Like, I'm just hoping. fuck you're always looking no, for a bag of money. I'm, I'm going to find a bag of money That's someday. so unrealistic. And you call Stop. me the unrealistic Stop. one. I don't know I, why you call me. Let me have my bag of money. Dude. Now, 
If I find a bag of money, I'm going to think there might be severed body parts in it. Okay, if you're hoping for a bag of money, you deserve to find a bag full of 54 severed fucking cans. I'm sorry. Why can't I have a bag of money? You're so mean. I just... So mean. I don't understand why this is something that you hope for and think is going to happen in any realistic form. Oh my God, you're just mean. Like unnecessarily mean. Unnecessarily mean. All right. We are going to click over to our bunker talk. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you soon. Bye. One, two, three, four. Does that say photographer? Yeah, it does. It literally says photographer. What do you mean? Photographer? That says photographer. That says photographer. It literally says photographer. It looks like photographer, but the word is photographer. But it straight up says photographer. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) If I were to sound that word out, syllable to syllable, it says photographer.